conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Well, let me invite onto the show now Dr. Corley Lauder, who is founder of the Asthma and Allergy Clinic. She's going to be uh, navigating us through our health feature today. We're talking about allergies and understanding allergies. Dr. Lauder, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, Kathy. Um, I hope you are all well and thanks for inviting me. Yes. You know, allergies, of course, are some, uh, are very common. People suffer from different types of allergies. But uh, just because you have a negative reaction to something doesn't always mean that you're allergic to it. Speak to us from at least a medical professional's view. What are allergies? Allergies are an inflammatory um, process where the body's um, immune system actually makes an allergic antibody. This is we would make an antibody against a virus that we all know about now after this um, pandemic. If you are an allergic individual, meaning that you are predisposed, your immune system makes an allergy antibody, an IgE antibody, to a substance that normally exists on Earth. Most people will not make an antibody towards that thing. So, for instance, if I am allergic to milk, the cow's milk, then my system will make an IgE antibody to the cow's milk protein. And then if I drink um, milk or are exposed to products that contain dairy, then I will have a reaction that can be on the spectrum. Or if you inhale something, most people will take a breath um, and it wouldn't bother them, but up to a third of us will take a breath and we will have allergy antibodies against either the house dust mite or the mold or the grass pollen in that breath of air that we just took and the body would um, respond with hay fever and asthma towards that. What are some of the common allergies uh, that, that are prevalent in our population? The most common allergic condition is allergic rhinitis or hay fever, people will call that. Or sometimes people will just say, doctor, I've got sinus, meaning that you are actually allergic to either grass pollen or house dust mite, and you take that um, breath of air, as I just said, and that causes chronic inflammation in the nasal cavity and the sinus cavity. You will be sneezing, but often also you will have this chronic blocked feeling of your nose and mouth breathing all the time, and that can lead to secondary um, complications, and it can also cause asthma. Asthma is the most common chronic condition in children, and um, asthma is also often, especially in children, being um, affected by allergies uh, to what we inhale, inhalant allergies. Sometimes with asthma, it can be triggered by some foods, but mostly what we inhale. Allergic rhinitis or hay fever is usually what we inhale and not what we eat. But then you can also be allergic to food stuff that you can eat. And as I said, that can cause asthma. In little ones, it can cause atopic dermatitis or eczema, but all eczemas aren't driven by allergies, although a lot of them in children are. And then the most severe, you can have an anaphylactic reaction to what you eat or medication that you are exposed to, and you can actually collapse and even die from that.
What What is the, the quickest way on picking up on allergies? I mean, does one necessarily have to uh, get tested to, to verify? It is advisable, Kathy, because we are scientists. And if we know, if we do a test and we can know what is causing the, the condition, then we can give far better advice. We are not going to tell a patient to go and spend a lot of money buying uh, house of night covers and all kinds of expensive things um, and avoiding specific food stuff if we are not sure that that is definitely the, the, the cause of the condition, especially in children. Often with um, parents or um, young adults would decide it's the wheat or the dairy or, or the egg, and they just, just blandly avoid sometimes landing up in problems with malnutrition because they are avoiding too many of the important nutrients. Um, and that it was never the, um, the reason of the symptoms. So it is advisable. And then in some of the cases, we can also desensitize. We desensitize for aero allergens, if that's what we inhale for hay fever and, and asthma. But there are now also regimes that we can actually desensitize for some food allergies. There, there are lots of people, when you talk about um, hay fever and the issue of, uh, you know, sinuses that become inflamed and irritated, there are lots of people who, you know, will generally say that, oh, no, I, I've got sinuses, but are not necessarily taking treatment for it. That, that is the, the, the problem, and that is what we actually, from the Allergy Foundation of South Africa um, side and the World Allergy Organization side, having World Asthma Day and World Asthma um, Allergy Week, try to prevent because we do need anti-inflammatory treatment, meaning that we inhale cortisone, not that we drink, not causing systemic side effects, containing that inflammation. Because if you have got recurrent sinusitis, secondary infection due to the underlying allergic condition that was never treated, now we are having to give... Um, repeated courses of antibiotics for those patients. And you know we are living in an era of antibiotics resistance and we're trying to actually control the inflammation and give better quality of life to those people not having to have antibiotics all the time. It's also one of the conditions for which a lot of people would um, self-medicate depending on, you know, how worse it gets. People just go and get a nasal spray and, and use it for as long as possible without uh, ever feeling the need to, to go to a doctor. Absolutely. have shown that up to 70% of patients would only consult a medical practitioner after numerous self-medicated episode was not successful. And the problem is the nasal spray is decongest and those ones that you spray and it just opens your nose. All of the time, it actually causes complications. It actually manages the nose, the nasal mucosa. And that is not safe to use all the time. Some of your first generation antihistamines that patients use and are also as a component in one of these sinus medications um, causes impaired concentration, poor quality of sleep, 
So the patients already feel horrible because of their blocked noses and the facial pain. And then they take medication that impedes their concentration even more. And they have to go and write exam. And they have to drive and, and work with, with dangerous equipment. And they don't even know that their, their concentration is impaired. So it can really be dangerous if we do not have good scientific evidence of what we are doing and how we are taking medication. What, what advice would you have? Uh, for people who do suffer from allergies, especially um, those that are more prone to to self-medicating? I would really advise them to go and see the general practitioner and to be tested. And if the general practitioner cannot do that test, because anagonity is not a field that is um, well taught um, over all the years at the medical schools, and it is a specialized field, Testing also is very complicated. We, we are very excited about the way that we can test nowadays to get real good answers. But there are allergies available. There are allergy clinics in our country. Um, go and have a discussion with your doctor. Be seen by somebody that understands allergy testing and get an answer. Know what is happening in your body, what to avoid, what medication to use chronically, and what to do when the insulin is exacerbated. Or people with asthma, just using the inhaler, the blue one that everybody just puts around to open their chest. That's just symptomatic relief. And it's dangerous if you only rely on that. Mm. We'll take your questions for Dr. Colly Lauder on 011-714-2006. That's the number to use to get in touch with us for this morning. On the WhatsApp line, 0614-104-107. Dr. Lauder, you also spoke about food allergies. And I think that's where uh, perhaps as, as a country and as a population, we need a lot more education around. Of course, now things like uh, gluten-free foods or something uh, are things that have become a lot more readily available on shelves, but it seems quite hard uh, for people to actually begin to identify um, what foods they may be allergic to or to know even what foods they may be allergic to. Absolutely, Kathy, that is so true. Um, and unfortunately, it also goes with a health, uh, a fashion cream. So there are a lot of people that just blindly say that I don't feel well if I eat um, with or gluten-containing products. Mm. And it actually became a little bit, as I said, a fashion cream. And a lot of those foods are very expensive nowadays. Mm. And if you're purely gluten-allergic or wheat-allergic and you have to actually avoid that, you now have to buy products that are um, pretty expensive. But that is just on, on the, the finance side. Quality of life side is also very difficult. Things have changed over the past few years. If we can then identify the specific food ingredient that or protein that you are allergic to, then you have to read labels. But the food industry took quite a while to just come to the table and understand that all I have for my patient that is food allergic is no medication for that. Then you have to read labels and avoid that ingredient. And if it's not on the package um, being printed, then it's very difficult for our patients to actually have a healthy living. And they become afraid. They don't want to eat um, anything um, new. They don't want to go out to a restaurant because there's always these hidden ingredients. And I understand that the chef don't want to um, share his recipe, 
but you have to be very careful in not ex, um, ex, uh, uh, telling what is if one of the, the important allergens like wheat or dairy or egg or nuts and peanuts are an ingredient in that specific dish. Mm. What have you found to be some of the common food allergies in, in South Africa? The most common um, is still egg, wheat, dairy. And then we do have quite a bit of peanut allergy in our country. Mm. We do have um, peanut allergies and, and seafood. Um, mostly the, the shellfish, not so much the lionfish, but you can be addicted to all seafood or just the lionfish or just the, uh, the shellfish, but those are the most common. And then we do see things like finite allergy that is also a hidden ingredient if you do not know that pesto has been made with finites. Um, you can have a reaction to that. Um, sesame seed, which is also um, in a lot of the health products, cinnamon are quite um, allergenic as well. So those would be the ones that is most common. Mm. When, when it comes to treatment for food allergies, where would you say that um, the medical sector is in as far as uh, developing treatment that, that can assist and that can most importantly improve the quality of, of life for people who, who suffer from allergies? As I said, at the moment, it's really just avoidance in our country. Mm. There are a few of the specialized um, allergy clinics that do desensitization for um, peanuts and milk and um, at the, um, egg. But that is just for the patients that if they are ex- ex- um, accidental exposure, meaning that the ingredient wasn't notified and the patient actually are accidental exposed to um, that specific allergen, that they will not have a severe reaction. So we, we actually induce tolerance and then they have to actually be exposed to the peanut all the time, every single day, mm. as a medication to keep that tolerance. In America, um, the first immunotherapy for peanut actually as a commercial product was registered, but it's not really, it's not available in our country yet. But it will be coming. When when we talk about yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just thinking about it. When we talk about allergies, is is it something that is identified when one is still young, or can you develop allergies as you grow older? Both. Um, we have a lot of allergic conditions in children, but you can most definitely develop allergies as a young adult and even as an older person because you have to be exposed to something over time. Often if a patient comes to my clinic and I ask them, what, what did you eat? Um, trying to um, figure out the Sherlock Holmes, what actually caused the, the severe reaction. And the answer is always nothing new. I mean, I said, I know, because you have to be exposed to something to develop an allergy antibody and to develop enough allergy antibodies to elicit a reaction. So it's never something new. And you can't be exposed to something you can be 40. Often in your life, it's um, shellfish. And the next time you go to the restaurant and you eat prawn, you can have a reaction. So it can develop over time. Both inhaling allergies and also what you eat. So you can develop asthma as an older person and still then have an allergic asthma. Often, asthma in adult patients 
will not be allergic driven, only allergic driven. There are other factors as well, mm. but we always want to exclude allergies in those patients. All right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Corley Lauder. Uh, she is the founder of the Asthma and Allergy Clinic, and uh, she's going to be taking your calls on allergies on the other side of the 1130 news headlines. Like I said, I'll take those calls. 11 uh, That's the number to dial. I'll take your voice notes and messages on 0614-104-107 and on Twitter at SFM Radio, the hashtag SFM Talking Point. Are there specific questions, advice that you need uh, when it comes to allergies? She'll be dealing with those uh, in a short moment. Liesl Wilson is standing by with your 11.30 news headlines. Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. All right, Dr. Lauder, what I'm going to do is start taking some of the questions that um, our listeners have sent through for you. I'll kick it off with the WhatsApp voice notes. Uh, good morning, Sis Kathy. Uh, Sis Kathy, you know, in terms, I don't, I'm not sure if it's the sinus. Uh, because now I can't have a taste, I can't smell anything, even now recently. I seem to have a bad smell in my nose. So I'm not sure if those are the sinus. I've tried to use the nozzle spray, but nothing comes to an end. I even started to smoke, stop smoking. I'm speaking to men for entrance, but can you just ask for me there? Dr. Lauder? Okay. So yes, this is a lot of smell can be um, a sort of allergic rhinitis and chronic inflammation in that blocked nose. A nasal spray short-term is not going to um, clear the problem, um, especially not just for decongestion. You will have to have an intranasal steroid spray over time. But it's also very important, it could already be a complication with polyp formation due to neglected allergic rhinitis over years. So with loss of smell, definitely a warning sign, and I would definitely advise the the, uh, caller to go and consult the doctor and um, have that thoroughly investigated, probably even having a CT scan done of that nose and sinus cavity. All right. Let me take another voice note for you. Uh, Hello, I just want to find out, is it possible for you to be allergic to something at the at the later stage but then when you're becoming older you start not to be coming not so allergic to because when i was younger i was allergic to egg uh, i didn't have egg, any even even egg had uh, some re- reaction but now i can eat egg anytime there's nothing it just stopped I just moved on and it, it, it just right now it just like that. So, but it is possible for you, for you to grow out the the allergy as time goes. Mm, such a good question, Doctor Lauder. Um, did I understand correctly? Can you outgrow an allergy? Yes. Can so so yeah. basically, can you have one that fades over time? Yes, you can definitely. And often with dairy and wheat and egg in children, they do outgrow that. Um, nuts allergy, peanut allergy, and seafood allergy, we do usually not outgrow. That is more uh, permanent. But often egg allergy will be outgrown. And you can also outgrow quickly if the egg is cooked. There's a difference in the allergenicity of raw egg um, and raw milk than 
versus baked egg or cooked egg or if you have a, a like a pastry or a dough where there is milk and gravy and wheat all baked in a cake in the oven at a high um, um, temperature, the allergenicity of the allergens would be destroyed in, in that cooked formation for some people. It depends again on what part of the egg and the, the dairy you are allergic to. But all of that can definitely be outgrown. Most of the kiddies that have milk and egg allergy as babies by the age of three, four, five will have outgrown that. Is there a particular reason uh, why people outgrow it? Is it as, as a result of kind of being exposed to it and your body building immunity? Yes. Um, and, you know, it's a very difficult thing to... There is a whole theory and we are trying to also expose children earlier to food stuff that can elicit a vegetarian reaction because if you eat it, that in the mouth, Something happens in the immune response and there's oral tolerance, okay? But if the child actually are symptomatic if they eat egg, then you have to totally avoid. But then over time, we will test again and, and challenge that child and see if they have outgrown that. And that is also why it is important that we are not wrongly avoiding stuff just because we think it's something. Because if we avoid, we miss the opportunity to induce that oral tolerance. So we do not understand why some children would outgrow and in, in a very small percentage, they actually stay egg-allergic for the rest of their life. But that is not common, that that persists, but it can. And we can, unfortunately, not predict who's going to outgrow and who is actually going to with that allergy for the rest of their mm. you, you know, as, as, as you're talking about exposure, uh, especially to food foods that uh, one may be either allergic or to or intolerant of, uh, somebody once said, I was having a conversation about food intolerances, and they said, the more you avoid a certain food because your body is sensitive to it, the more intolerant you become um, to that particular uh, f- food food item. Is that true? Food intolerance is, is a huge topic and um, that that is difficult because you will have to understand that specific patient. Mm. But definitely, if you, if you haven't been exposed to a certain product, that I'm not talking about a severe allergy and we are now playing around with anaphylaxis. We are talking about just this uncomfortable feeling that you have. Often if you eat a little bit, your body learns how to metabolize that and to cope with that. If you totally avoid, then the body cannot do that. That is exactly what we are doing if we are inducing tolerance as I explained earlier, for peanut allergy, for instance, but that is, again, under controlled environment. So that patient is allergic to, to peanut, but now to absolutely have that tolerance all the time, the patient has to be exposed to it on a daily basis. So you, you would sometimes travel, and your body is just not used to the food that is indigenous of a certain country, mm. and you eat that, and your metabolism isn't used to that. So I think, like going back to 
um, uh, balanced, healthy diet, not too much of anything, and not excluding excluding a lot of things. I think that healthy living principle most of the time in intolerances and gut health is just important. Mm. Let me go to Kylie, who's on the phone lines. Uh, Kylie, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning. Thank yes, you for yes. having me. No, no problem. You wanted to contribute to the conversation. I did actually. It's you know it's such an important conversation to be had, and like Doctor mentioned earlier, um, you know there's not a lot around allergies with regards to going to the GP and and things like that. Sometimes there's more extensive um, tests required. So I'm not a medical doctor myself. However, we are a supplier of the um, hyperallergenic silicone medical wristbands which are just so important for people to have on them um, if they're incapacitated, if they have a medical emergency. You know, uh, we just want to provide peace of mind. So when the unexpected happens, there's critical medical information that's conveyed um, quickly and accurately to the first responders or medical personnel. So these silicone silicone wristbands will have Mm -hmm. your allergy or your condition on it um, to say, you know, um, asthmatic or penicillin allergy or food allergy. And like Dr. mentioned as well, there's a difference between a food intolerance and a food allergy. A food allergy can be anaphylaxis, which is, could be life-threatening. So that's why it's so important. And um, we're getting more and more um, these days uh, with children coming through with, with so many allergies. Um, you know, more and more, I think, with what we don't know what's in our food these days all the mm-hmm. time. We, you know, there's a lot more out there that, that we're dealing with. Um, so it's so important for somebody to, to be made aware of it and to have it on their wrist wearing it so that if, you know, then that someone can possible to assist them. And, 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 and Kylie, w- w- what is the advice here? Is this uh, something that would be distributed kind of post a doctor's visit? Or, you know, is it available to people who think they might have allergies? Talk to me about that. So the, uh, most of the people who do order from me online, we do stock in some of the pharmacies as well and around Gauteng. Mm. But um, most of the people who do buy from me are people that are already aware, aware that they have an allergy or a medical condition. Um, it can it can be available, you know, post-visit. Otherwise, if you are aware that you're an asthmatic or that you have a food allergy, it's very important to wear one. Um, and that's why we also endorsed by Professor Mark Levin, who's based at the uh, Red Cross Children's Hospital in Cape Town um, from the Allergy Foundation South Africa. And he's very, very passionate about this. So he's endorsed our product as well um, because he knows just how important it is. Mm. It really is. Can, uh, about, I, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Dr. Lauder, you can come in. If, if I can just come in there, um, I'm even more important is blood allergies. Because remember, if you are in a motor vehicle accident and you are unconscious and you know that you had an anaphylactic reaction to a certain drug before, and it's not written on that medical aid place, then there's no way that the doctor that's going to treat you know that you are allergic. Mm. So it's latex allergy. It is so important that, that in the, if it's a motor vehicle accident and you're an unconscious, um, the medic, medical people are going to be wearing gloves and not necessarily latex-free gloves if you do not have any indication that you are allergic to latex. Absolutely, and that's why our doctor, we are, our bands are also, we have bands for latex allergy, for morphine allergy. We have write-on bands where someone can, you know, uh, 
put their blood type on it. So it's, like you say, very, very, very important, especially mm. when you can't speak for yourself. And Kylie, how do people get in touch with you very quickly before I let you go? So they can actually contact, or well, they can go directly to our website. They're welcome to WhatsApp me as well. I work uh, very often straight directly with all my customers over WhatsApp, or they are welcome to get onto our website and purchase it through there. All right. Uh, Kylie, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, so Kylie there just giving us a, a picture then of what to expect or, what, or rather what we can do, especially if you suffer from allergies and these wristbands. Uh, they're so important for emergency situations. You know, at least then you give an idea uh, for, for those who are around you in terms of how they should respond. Felicity, you're calling us from Makanda. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for much taking my call. I just wanted to ask the doctor. I've had three um, situations where I had to take adrenaline. The first one was sitting in a rock pool. I didn't touch any seafood or anything like that. I just sat in a rock pool and my entire throat closed up. I had to have adrenaline. Luckily, there was a doctor. The second one was a buffet. I don't know what I ate. Just, uh, also, adrenaline and doctor had to be called. And the third one was sardines in cotton seed oil. And I had an instant reaction which demanded adrenaline again. This was a long time ago, about 20, 25 years ago. But, and I had the allergy test. I couldn't find anything specific. I just want to ask her advice. What, what should I do? I've never, ever been, you know, touched seafood again. Has she any ideas? Is there any link? Yeah, that you could see. Sure, the line is very good. I know, I am here. I couldn't really hear exactly the, the question. I think there were three reactions. The first was in a rock pool. Do I understand correctly? Oh, I'll have to. Um, did you hear, Kathy? Yes, I, I heard part of it, um, but 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 she wants to just verify all of the instances. Okay, the one was in a rock pool. The other was a buffet. Yeah. At a buffet, I don't know what I ate then. Yeah. And the third, I always avoided seafood, but the third one was sardines, mm-hmm. you know, canned sardines in cotton seed oil. Okay. And I had an instant reaction to okay. that. I'm going to listen on the radio. All right. No, because no, I can't just, no. no, no okay. problem, Felicity. Okay. Great. Dr. Lauder? Okay, so yeah, so I heard. Okay, so... It, it also depends on what kind of reaction that she had. Did she stop breathing? Did she swell? Yeah, it, it would also, she definitely needs to see an allergy doctor. Um, so it was quite a few years ago, so I'm not sure if she's still avoiding certain things or did she just carry on with life and nothing happened again. The sardines was pretty specific, so obviously um, she can have a test for that or just avoid that. But the buffet would be very difficult. And I would assume that she probably is allergic to preservatives and additives. Okay. And those, those kind of allergies are often ex, um, also aggravated by certain um, physical stimuli. The rock pool, there could have been a jacuzzi, mm-hmm. the, the water pumping, that physical stimuli can actually cause itchy bumps and hives and if the water is cold or hot, the temperature can play a role. And that same kind of itchy hives and swelling, sometimes the face of the, the tongue with angry edema can swell, but that's often not the, the food itself. It's what we did with the food. 
sorry to the trimmings often that mm. but this being the last one with the sardines i think it could be a spicy one so again it could be the additives but I think she should be tested. She will definitely have to go with that full history to some of the allergy clinics and have it teased out. Yeah, but, but just on this issue of, 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 of the sardines, sometimes you have people that uh, say that they are allergic to canned food. So whether it's sardines or, or, or beans or whatever, but as long as it's in a can, um, they have an adverse reaction to it. Yeah, but that would probably be more an adverse reaction. So mm-hmm. the food toxicity. So it's a process. It could be that 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 um, pan wasn't produced healthily or um, wasn't stored well, and that the food is off um, with food poisoning, with scrambled poisoning, with with some of the fish. That if it goes off. So it probably is more a food toxicity thing. It's mm. not a true allergy. Okay. I, I've got a message here from uh, Dumakam Tombeni who's talking about um, uh, sinusitis. And he's saying that people who are suffering uh, from sinusitis shouldn't do surgery to uh, remove them. He did a surgery, uh, but the sinusitis re- uh, uh, came back and this was two years after the initial uh, surgery and it came back even more severely and he's now self-medicating. Yeah, self-medication still I don't think it's a good thing if it came back because that already is a complicated situation. Mm. But definitely we want to treat the chronic inflammation. Surgery is only if there is already polyp formation. But if you, again, after surgery, it's not fixed. You, you still have to continue with your intranasal steroid treatment and probably Lycotron antagonist and everything else that your allergist or your EMT or, or, or doctor is going to give to you. And it's chronic treatment because that inflammation is going to come back and the polyps is going to go back if you do not maintain that. So... Just going for surgery and sinus um, wash out and sinus surgery every now and then, definitely every time we, we, we operate, we actually traumatize that nasal cavity and the sinus cavity and the mucous membrane lining. We operate because we do not have a choice, but we have to look after that to minimize the, the, the amount of surgery that we have to, to do. And if we do it early enough, we can prevent surgery ever. That, that's Absolutely what happened to me after the second set, uh, surgical procedure that I had, I realized that this is not sustainable. And then I went and I studied allergies. And I can maintain my, my chronic inflammation in my um, allergic nose with, with medication with a good according to guidelines. And I haven't had surgery for the last um, 20 years because it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. So that is, it just emphasizes how absolutely important it is, the right medication. But self-medication, over-the-counter, probably not going to be enough to protect that nose either. Mm, mm, all right. Uh, thanks for that, uh, Dr. Dr. Lauder. And, and interesting, you, you had surgery twice. Yes, absolutely. How soon after, um, how soon after uh, the other? Um, not that in probably about four years okay. two different procedures mm. um, done um, because at that stage I wasn't very symptomatic. Mm-hmm. Coming from a, a proper family, my mom had asthma, she had high fever but I, again, it's a slow process and I you just get used to 
clearing your throat all the time, having a blocked nose, whooping with the tissue all the time. And I was at qualified first was in my intern year and then about four years down the line as a qualified medical doctor. But only then I realized, but you know what, this is not normal. And then I um obviously the 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 doctor that got two different surgeons that did the procedures and we spoke about this and then as I said I studied further and realized what was happening and now I'm trying to prevent my patients going through this. All right. Uh, Dr. Lotto, we're going to continue with more of the questions that our listeners are sending through for you after this break. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. On SAFM. We're looking at understanding allergies for a health feature for today. Dr. Corley Lodder is the founder of the Asthma and Allergy Clinic, and she's been with us for the last hour taking some of your questions and calls. Let me go to Polokwani. Denise, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, and good morning to the doctor as well. I just want to find out, is there any form of link between um, allergies and skin conditions? Because uh, it seems like I'm becoming prone to getting hives any time of the day without everything having eaten, had eaten anything. I just find myself waking up with like this hives on my body mm. and I don't know, understand why. And, and and does this happen just randomly, Denise, or maybe when you've uh, slept in a particular room or house or area? Randomly, like mm. anyway, anytime. I've once been to a demo and they just said to me, it seems like it's a chronic idiopathic urticaria, uh, but I've been on meds since 2018. <laughs> Nothing is changing mm. and I just feel like it's deteriorating my health. Mm. Taking having to take medication all the time. Yeah, Doctor Lotta. Yeah. yeah. So chronic idiopathic urticaria is linked to allergies, but it's not IgE related most of the time. So it's not so easy to tease that out. And it, that is also what I mentioned to the other lady with the um, the additives and the physical stimulizers of water, pressure, for, for instance, when your underwear or if it's a very cold or a very hot day. Sometimes if you stress, if you scratch in that area, then it actually um, gets worse. So in those patients, it often you, you will have to use a second generation antihistamine um, at quite a high dosage for, for a while. There are um, biologicals nowadays also, quite an expensive injection anti-IgE that you can have once a month that is very effective. Um, but also to... To try and keep a food diary without being biased, with all the all the all the detail, and then see somebody with that. And looking at how much additive you are taking, preservatives, colorants, um, paint enhancers, and then keeping your healthy spices. The minute that you have herbs and spices dry, the salicylate content in that. Um, product is very high, and a diet high in salicy lake levels often actually keeps the hives going. So if you could just sit back a little bit and for a week or four, eat only salt and pepper and nothing out of uh, no dried herbs and spices, nothing flavored and colored or spiced, 
like a ready-made soup or a sauce or a, a cube block that already has got spicy preservatives in. Often that actually just calms this chronic epithelia and you can maintain it better with a lower dosage of medication. All right, Denise. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound like there any there's there's any easy out easy way out yeah, in terms no, of the problem that you're facing. Yeah, because I've 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 already done an allergy test and mm. it came all everything just came back negative. <clears throat> Sorry, um, I, I I'm even hopeless. I don't even know what to do anymore because yeah. it's yeah. not working yeah, so out. I, I do think there are a few of us that really have got a special interest in that. But it's really important that if you do medicate with your antihistamine, let it be a second generation antihistamine because you we use up to four times the normal dosage, which is hundred percent mm. safe, but not the first generation ones that make you drowsy. Okay, uh, just last okay. one question. I, I I just wanted to find out maybe could it be linked to my mother's situation because my mom was um I don't know what 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 situation it's called but she she can't taste she can't smell and since she was born like that so I was just wondering maybe could it be linked to to that situation or what I don't know. Sorry, I didn't get that. Your so 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 she, yes. Yeah, so she's saying that her mother, uh, from the time of birth, has not been able uh, to smell or to taste anything, and she's wondering if her no, condition is no, linked to her mother. No, it's usually not. No, it's usually not linked to that. It can be. Aticaria can be linked to some um, autoimmune diseases, but um, I don't. I can't think. Um, I can't think. You will probably have to consult with both of you. But um, just with the history, I don't think there's a link. No. Mm. All right, mm. all okay. right, Denise. Thank you so much. Thank, thanks for calling okay. in, and yeah, I can, I can, I, you know, I can understand the frustration um, that you have uh, having to uh, deal with this issue for such a long period of time, taking so much medication, and not really seeing a clear way forward. Uh, Doctor Denise, I think I've no, sorry, Doctor Coley, I think I've uh, got time to squeeze in just one more voice note for you. Okay. Hi, Kathy. Uh, Lunga, Western Cape. So I wanted to ask, doctor, if any allergies are psychosomatic. So when someone, you know, decides that they don't like something and they have a physical reaction to it. And then obviously, as we get older, sometimes, you know, you realize that it maybe it's not so bad or your taste is mature, or whatever the case is, and suddenly you're not allergic to it because mentally or um, yeah, psychologically doesn't give you the same maybe cringe or whatever situation that caused that physical reaction. Anyway, just curious. Thanks. Mm. Dr. Coley? Yeah, that's difficult um, because it can be, you, you, you often actually get the, the opposite. You get a child that has got this aversion and they just don't like it and the parents think that they are just naughty. And if you taste, they're actually allergic to that. But it could also be one of those conditions where you actually were allergic, you were never tested, but you outgrew that. So by the time that you now eat it, it's not that it's not the physical aversion anymore, you're actually not allergic to it anymore. That that makes that makes complete sense, uh, Doctor Coley. I, I'm going to give you a chance just to also give you give us your details in terms of people that may want to reach out to you. Sorry, 
I'm saying I'm going to give give you a chance to give us your contact details for your clinic yeah, in case yeah. people want to get in touch. Absolutely, that's where all that welcome to contact us. So the allergy clinic is in George. The telephone number is O double four um zero five zero one four one five or info at allergy doctor all written out one word dot um co.za. Info at allergy doctor dot co.za. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today.